0: Law Focus Podcast. Bringing you the facts, handing you your rights. This is Law Focus.
1: A very good evening and welcome to Law Focus. I'm Veronica Mahwadi, your voice of law for the evening, right here on FM 88.1. Join me as we unpack everything law-related every Tuesday evening from 7pm till 8pm. A spine-chilling video showing a group of boys from a local school in Polokwane went viral earlier this month. In the video, a 28-year-old man by the name of Toriso Timani can be seen being assaulted and dragged by a group of pupils from Capricorn High School. The boys beat him and kicked him. Death. Timani's murder is allegedly by the hands of these teenagers, in fact children if you will, between the ages of 13 to 16 years of age. This violent video sparked outrage on social media as people called for the children to be tried as adults due to the seriousness of the crime, leaving the whole country in a state of shock, sadness and questioning. What does the South African criminal justice system say about minors committing serious crimes? Joining us for this conversation is Justice Magai, a supervisory legal practitioner from Legal Aid South Africa. We will also break down what leads young people to commit crime with clinical psychologist Tabang Klaka and social worker Urapela Pala, who works with young children in juvenile. We then speak to Pilanim Simanga, who took the time to open up to us about his life as a teenager in juvenile. But of course, this would not be a conversation without your input. You can send us your voice notes on our WhatsApp line on 084-078-4912. You can also send us a tweet on at VOWFM using the hashtag LawFocus. But before we get into that, it is time for our Legal Hotspots.
0: Rounding up Rob- Rob- all, all the top, 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 top stories of the legal week, of the week. Legal Hotspots.
1: I'm joined in studio by our law focus researcher, Sia Mota, who will be giving us a breakdown of the top legal stories this week. What do you have for us, Sia?
0: The administrative adjudication of road traffic offences bill um, was finally sent to President Sarah Ramaphosa last week after a decade of waiting. The National Assembly passed the controversial um, ATO bill with 174 MPs voting in favour, while 11 voted against and 22 abstained. Um, ATO's main goal is to make roads safer by removing regular uh, traffic offenders from South Africans' roads and highways. One of the challenges of the de- de- demerit system on licenses is that motorists might lose their driver's licenses if they commit um, repeat offenses which are counted in points. Advoc- Advocate Nech says that the bill was faced with a lot of criticism because if the president decided to sign it, then motorists will lose their right to legal challenge violations in court. However, the law will be overseen by a special appeals uh, tribunal should a motorist want to dispute a demerit after an unsuccessful representation of the road traffic infringement agency. And we also looked at um, the veteran journalist Karima Brown um, who is in talks with her lawyers about reporting the EFF to the electoral court for alleged misconduct of intimidation? This comes after she laid a charge of intimidation against the party, um, the party and its leader Julius Malema last week at the Rosebank police station. Brown reportedly mistakenly post, posted on an EFF WhatsApp group where she told them um, to be on lockout for an EFF function called breakfast with the elderly. Following this, Malema revealed um, Brown's cell phone number in a screenshot he posted accusing her of sending spies to the event. Brown says she then started getting rape threats and was intimidated imitate, intimidated rather, by EFF supporters after her cell phone number was made public. Meanwhile, Malema says her doubts... Meanwhile, Malema says he doubts that EFF supporters are behind the alleged harassment of Brown. Finally, a special assignment broadcast recently exposed the harsh um, realities many black house owners face with their repayments of home loans that have unlawful um, interest rates. According to the financial investigator Emerald Fanzil, thousands of black house house owners have allegedly been overcharged by the first national bank, which is known by FNB. Fanzil says that the home loan accounts were inherited by FNB when he took over the bond book of failed finance provider Sambo in 2002. He also adds that he has been fighting these overcharges since he discovered his own bond had been miscalculated and that black home buyers had been overcharged more than whites. FNB spokesperson Virginia Mahabodan insists insists the bank's denies. In the strongest possible terms, that it engages in discrimination of any form.
1: Thank you so much, Asia, for our legal hotspots for this week. A lot of stories there to talk about. You are still tuned into Law Focus on VA FM 88.1. Let's continue with the show as we discuss criminal charges involving minors.
0: Rounding up all the top stories of the week. legal hotspots.
1: It is often said that South Africa is the crime capital of the world. And what is rather terrifying is that these crimes are increasingly being committed by minors and of course are turning more violent and gruesome. Uh, These acts include rape and murder and of course we can just look at our schools as clear evidence of this on you know situation that we have in the country. In 2006 alone there were reports of more than 30,000 youth who were facing the might of the law. Now youth incarceration in South Africa operates differently to that of an adult and whereas the Criminal Procedure Act regulates adult accusers while the Child Justice Act regulates a child accuser and of course these two acts work in parallel to one another. Now, when we look at the juvenile justice system in South Africa, it was finalized in 2009 after 16 years of putting it together. The idea of having a juvenile justice system in South Africa was established in 1993 after a 13-year-old boy by the name of Neville Sneman was thrown in prison for stealing candy and soda from a store. He was in prison with men ages from 18 to 21. Of course, his cellmates then beat him to death. Because of this, this is one of the reasons why the juvenile system, of course, was needed, so that young people wouldn't have to be behind bars with grown men. Now, when we speak about juvenile, a juvenile is a minor under the age of 18 years. Now, these minors are accused of crimes, are then tried in in ordinary criminal regional courts. But in many areas of South Africa, special courts are set up, such as child justice courts, for example, of course, juvenile courts. Now, this is the court that 10 teenagers who are accused of murdering Toriso Temane will have to face. The aim of these courts, of course, is to hold minors accountable for their actions and also to rehabilitate them. Speaking more on the juvenile justice system and the case involving Toriso Temane is supervised advisory legal practitioner, Justice Magai, from Legal Aid South Africa, and of course our researcher, Millicent Indueni.
2: Justice Magai, welcome. Thank you, ma'am. My pleasure. Now, who is legally considered a child?
3: Okay, yes, ma'am. Before we start, uh, anyone who's under the age of 18 is legally considered a child. Uh, This would be in terms of the Child Justice Act. This would be in terms of the Children's Act as well. So we've got different uh, acts which are applicable to children
2: per se. Mm. And what is criminal capacity then?
3: Okay, criminal capacity means, uh, number one, did you have the mental capacity to understand what you were doing? And after understanding what you were doing, then did you act accordingly with such uh, uh, understanding? So it means... uh, can you move your hands to stab someone? If so, after uh, stabbing someone, can you tell yourself it's okay? I will live with the consequences. So that is what is criminal capacity. Mm-hmm. When it comes to children, uh, anyone who's uh, from the ages of not to ten, it's co- is considered to lack criminal capacity. We say it's totally in capax. It mm-hmm. means uh, you are incapable of having criminal capacity. Then from 10 to 14, there's something called uh, a rebuttable presumption that you do have uh, criminal uh, capacity.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So the minors in the Toriso murder um, range between the ages of 14 to 16. Yes. Do yes. they have criminal capacity then?
3: Okay, first and foremost, because they are children, the Child Justice Act would uh, find application. Uh, that means we we determine how old are they? Uh, we know, as you said, they are 14 to 18, right? Am I correct? 16 to 16. Yeah, 16. Okay. Then before they can even go anywhere, uh, the court will then determine if they've got criminal capacity. And in this instance, 14 to 16, uh, do you admit what you did? If you didn't uh, admit what you did, they check. If you do, then they do state that you do have criminal capacity, uh, but you won't be charged as an adult.
2: Mm. And, okay, having said that you won't be charged as an adult, then how does the criminal procedure system work in the case like now where you are not an adult, you are actually a child? Is there a difference between um, how we manage the two different cases for minors who might have committed a gruesome crime like murder and for an adult who would have done the same thing?
3: Yes, we do. Uh, uh, There is a big difference. We have something called the Criminal Procedure Act, uh, that will apply in the case of adults. Uh, anyone over the age of 18 onwards uh, will appear in a normal court, uh, public gallery, it's not in camera, everyone is allowed. Now, when it comes to uh, children, those who have criminal capacity 14 years up to 18 years, they will then appear in what is called the child justice court, okay. uh, which is in private, uh, in camera. Uh, members of the public are not allowed. Then we will check what uh, is the offence. Uh, in this case, it's murder. Therefore, it falls under Schedule Three, which means it's a very serious offence. They can't just withdraw the the, uh, uh, the matter or divert the matter. Mm-hmm.
2: Sure. So, um, what I'm hearing you say is we actually do our our court system does actually have um, a particular jurisdiction for kids who have committed crimes like Schedule three crimes. So they would go yes. to the Child Justice Court as opposed to the Magistrate Court or the High Courts, something okay. like that, yeah. Okay. Let me,
3: let me explain, yes, but uh, any Magistrate Court or a, even a High Court uh, will appear. However, it will then become a Child Justice Court. Oh. So it, it might be a Magistrate Court, uh, let's say in Bulugwani, the normal one. However, when we write, we're going to just say, in the Child Justice Court held at Poonkwani. So it's a normal building. It just changes with regards to the technicalities.
2: Mm. Oh, wow, that's interesting. So that basically means that then the Child Justice Act and other Children's Act actually reconcile even with the criminal yes. procedure system in our country, etc.
3: Yes, it's, uh, they, they, they try to match the two. And uh, when it comes to children, we try to make, make, it, make sure that it's not as harsh as it would normally be, because if they, were go, if they were to go through the normal criminal justice system, it would be harsher. Mm. So that's why the act was implemented uh, to to soften the blow, per se, yeah. uh, on children, and then also the sentencing options are different. They would be sentenced differently uh, than adults.
2: Yeah. So, what are the main objectives then of the Child Justice Act? Did, do you think it actually did foresee that there might be children who would go to an extent of committing crimes that you would not expect of a child?
3: Yes, uh, indeed so. Indeed so. Uh, it did foresee that. And that being the case, they then tried to move them away from the normal criminal justice system which has harsher sentences now uh, with the child justice with the child justice court uh, the sentences are different there's even the issue of diversion there's issue uh, the issue of community based sentences even when they're arrested they don't uh, 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 ideally if it's a less offense go straight uh, to jail they're given to their parents who who then even undertaking that they will bring them uh, to court on a particular day. Mm. So it's to make sure they continue with their schooling and all sorts uh, uh, of things like that.
2: Yeah. I wanted you to please then go into the whole diversion programs and community um, rehabilitation centers or something like that that they actually um, find themselves having to go to because um, in a case of murder um, mm-hmm. with the same apply it would still be a diversion program simply because you are a minor?
3: minor. No, 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 no. In the case of MEDA, unfortunately, there are sentencing options. One of them is community-based sentences, restorative justice sentences, a fine, uh, sentences which involve correctional supervision, sentences uh, which involve compulsory residence in a child and youth care center, and also direct imprisonment. So now when it comes to murder, unfortunately, if you are found guilty, even if you, are, if you are a minor, uh, you would be sentenced uh, uh, to imprisonment. Because let's say you are an adult, you would be facing up to 15 years minimum, up to 25 years. Mm-hmm. So it does not mean because you're under 18, then they must just give you a fine for murder. It's a very serious offense. It's just that uh, the minimum sentencing act, which applies to adults, does not apply to minors. However, sentencing will take effect in line with the Constitution, especially section 28, which says that if we cannot avoid sending a child, a minor, uh, to imprisonment, it must be done. However, it must be done for the shortest period of time. Mm. So so they they, they can still go to jail, however, not as long as... The, uh, if they've been adults, per se, and the programs which they'll be exposed to uh, at juvenile detention would be different. Would we'll try to restore them as good members of the public or society. Mm.
2: And 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 you did mention that for an adults, we've got the minimum of fifteen years and um, yeah. to twenty
3: five. Yeah,
2: but for minors, you didn't mention. Is there because is it because there's no specific?
3: No, because for minors, the Minimum Sentencing Act 105 of 1997 does not apply. Because even the Constitutional Court has said that uh, when it comes to children who are 18 years and under, you must not sentence them using the Minimum Sentencing Act. However, the court still has sentencing jurisdiction. Mm. The court can still sentence them. However, it will not use the harsher Minimum Sentencing Act. It will still sentence them party to a very short period of time, as per the Constitution, Section 28.
2: So there's discretion that the courts will then use, yes. correct?
3: Yes, uh, the court will, will use discretion, taking into account a, a, a plethora of factors, mm. as like uh, the, 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 the impact of the offence on the community, the impact of the offence on the victim and or the family of the victim, and also the impact of the offence on the child and the age of the child, and the issue of rehabilitation, can the child rehabilitate? If so, let's give him some time to rehabilitate men these ways because whether we like it or not, minors think differently to adults. And uh, sometimes you overreact and do a, a silly thing which you will have the rest of your life to pay for
2: like in this instance mm, mm. sure like this is like really really hectic we in conversation with justice McGuire from legal aid south africa who is helping us to unpack some of the issues in the Toriso tamani case now in this case what legally would be regarded as justice <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's a very tricky question because one man's justice is different from another man's justice. However, in this case, number one, the national prosecuting authority would decide to charge uh, uh, the minors uh, with murder because someone has died and murder is defined as the unlawful and intentional killing of another human being. Mm-hmm. We know that. So then they charge them with murder. And number two, they'll use something called the doctrine of common purpose. Wherein even if there's seven of you and when you just did nothing or when you just check the coast and you say, no, but I didn't inflict the fatal blow. The fact that you are of one mind, like a scheme, you're a scheme, yeah. you're all guilty of the same offense. One conduct of another is imputed uh, to everyone else. So what would the uh, justice? It depends for the family. For the family, what would justice be? Would be the issue of uh, them going to court, uh, there being a trial, there, them being found guilty. Then what would justice be for the family of the minors? Justice would be if they are found not guilty or if they are found guilty, they are given different sentence options. Then what would justice be for the community? you see it's very difficult yeah, yeah. the community wants to see justice done it must be done and seem to be done but then as to what is justice that one is a very technical question there's been a thousand uh, studies done and also papers written by a postgraduate uh, uh, law student as to what is the concept of justice because it's different from one person to
2: another through that and I can imagine, I mean, we obviously know that some of the arguments that might likely come up in the mitigation of sentence will include things like what you mentioned earlier, the uh, kalpe in capac psychological issues, involuntary yes. behavior, insanity. Some people might even cite Satanism, you know, there as you an go, issue to say, it wasn't me. Mm, exactly. Oh my goodness. And now one of the teenagers who was also involved in the same Toriso murder, it was found that last year he actually stabbed another person to death. So he basically has two different um, cases. And how will that work? Is it, is, uh, how does the law um, look at his case within the situation? Is he then likely to get a higher sentence than everyone else, mm-hmm. um, et cetera?
3: Well, then it depends first if the, the, the one for last year, was he charged? If he was charged, was a trial? If he's not charged, it's just mere allegations. And then we'd move on to the current one, because remember, every case must be judged on its own merit. So the fact that two years ago you, you, were, you, you stabbed someone or you killed someone would play no role in this instance. Unless he was found guilty, then that would be a previous conviction. Do mm. understand? Yeah. And also the prosecutor would be precluded from saying that, oh, I remember two years ago you stabbed someone, mm. and therefore you you probably get stabbed Torreso in this case. Uh, that would not be allowed. That's called similar fact evidence. Mm. That's inadmissible unless you... As the prosecutor can lay a basis for why you want to introduce the fact that two years ago uh, one of them stabbed someone and killed someone, and now he must be guilty of killing uh, someone again. Uh, Oh,
2: yeah, absolutely. That
3: would be inadmissible. A a, a very smart lawyer would object to
2: that. Mm. (laughs) And there was also another teenager who basically helped to ensure that these high school mates are. Arrested, but this particular person is now living in fear because, and and they actually have received death threats. Um, So, my question is what protection should then be afforded to this youngster who is now living Mm -hmm. under these circumstances of fear because of these minors?
3: Okay, Uh, then uh, luckily, ma'am, we live in a democratic country and there's provision for the issue of witness protection. That is where the National Prosecuting Authority, the prosecutors, uh, also have a program uh, for. The protection of witnesses. So this uh, teenager would then be uh, put under witness protection. Whenever he comes to court, uh, he'd be protected. His a, a, a location would be hidden, and then after the case, uh, even change the issue of identity, locality, schooling, and all sorts of things. Things we see in the movies—they do happen in real life.
2: Yeah, yo, it's a lot of. It's a lot of stress for someone who is doing a, the right thing.
3: Yes, yes, unfortunately so. because sometimes doing the right thing ends up costing you more. Yeah. But in this instance, definitely I agree with you. It is a lot of stress. However, it is commended and there is protection from the state.
4: And uh, we still uh, want
3: more people on, like the that. Doing the right thing. Mm,
2: yeah? mm, I was saying, and we still want more people like this youngster.
3: Yes, definitely, definitely. Hence, also, uh, in the corporate world, we do have the the, the, the a law which protects whistleblowers, a uh, Protected Disclosures Act uh, to encourage people to whistleblow on corruption and other things. I know I'm going off topic, but I'm just showing you that mm. uh, the government is taking these issues very seriously.
2: Absolutely. Now, what happens when minors become adults before conviction or even while serving their sentence? What will then happen?
3: Okay, Number one, we go back. When you allegedly committed the offense, were you a minor or an adult? Answer would be you're a minor, right? Yes. Then uh, let's say you turn, 20, you, you turn 19 or 21 whilst the case is still going on, and only then are you found guilty four years later. Mm. You'd still be sentenced as a minor. Oh. Because when the incident happened, you were a A minor. minor. We don't sentence you and say, yeah, you are now twenty-five. Therefore, we'll give you fifteen years. No, 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 no. That is we so interesting. Say, yes, because we even have cases uh, from the Supreme Court of Appeal which uh, talk to the judge. Like, you would sentence the 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 minor as if he's still a minor, even if now he's twenty-one years old or twenty years old.
2: Okay, so whatever sentence um you were given, that's the sentence that you will then um actually go through and it will not change just because you are now
3: 21 yes no it, 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 it won't it won't definitely will not uh, let's say the court decides to give you what five years uh, even though the public says no he's 21 he must get 15 years the law does not allow that uh, for that because you were 15 or 16 when you committed the offense and you should be treated as such that's as very
2: interesting that's very interesting and final question to you is it fair to say that if you're old enough to kill, then you're old enough to suffer the consequences of such action.
3: Uh, it is not fair, man. Mm. It is not fair because, number one, people make mistakes. Uh, number two, we don't know under what circumstances the mistake was made. So now you're saying that uh, because you kill someone uh, as a minor, therefore you must be punished like an adult. Mistakes happen. Let's say someone uh, uh, drives a car right now. Yeah. drive the car it's raining and things happen then you kill three people uh, are we now to say yes you should have known better why are you driving in the rain you could have killed someone you killed someone therefore you must now save the time no every case is decided on its own merits no? mm. especially when it comes to uh, minors uh, their mental development is not yet uh, there they're not fully developed yet no? mm. if I understand uh you, you you run with the sharks, therefore you must be able to swim and all these other things. I know I'm making up things as we go along, but it doesn't work like that. It's not fair. Uh, each case on its own merits. We look at your level of maturity. We look at the circumstances which happened. Uh, why did you do this? I made a mistake. I am sorry for what I did. And then if someone apologizes and shows remorse, the The best thing to do would be to punish him accordingly, and not to use uh, uh, what to use one sentence for everyone. You kill, you go to jail for 15 years. Otherwise, we'd have the same sentences for everyone.
4: Law focus. and in you your
0: rights.
1: In 1996, the drafters of our Constitution believed that the best interests of a child were so important that they created a special set of rights just for children under Section 28 of the Constitution. One of the rights contained in this section is that every child has the right not to be detained except as a measure of last resort. Now, there are over 1,000 children under the age of 18 who are serving time in South Africa's prison. Understanding their lives and motivations is essential to promoting rehabilitation and of course preventing a relapse back into the criminal lifestyle or criminal behavior and of course protecting society from a growing wave of young offenders. In order to better understand the children who are incarcerated in South Africa and of course their reasons for the imprisonment, we are joined on the line by clinical psychologists Tabang Klaka and Orapele Pala, a social worker who deals directly with minors who have been incarcerated gentlemen welcome to law focus uh thank you for the
5: opportunity
1: let's just begin with uh you know evaluating the situation around you know justice for Tori. so there are over nine minors who are involved in this Tori's so murder tragedy and i think i can pose this question to the both of you tabang from a psychological point of view what are the possible angles that could explain exactly what was going on in the minds of these teenagers who have been accused
6: um, the line is not clear, but I think the the question is, um, uh, psychologically speaking, what was going on in the minds of the teens who committed such a crime? Correct. Yes. Um, uh, so, you know, sometimes when people, we learn from social psychology that when people are in a group, sometimes a group think takes over. So when people are in a group and um they are thinking playing together drinking in an activity somebody just comes up with an idea the rest of the group follows without even thinking about what they are doing um especially if um there's a substance involved uh prior issues is that kind of behavior uh that that kind of conduct was present in the group before so when people are in a group they tend to um, leave their thinking uh, to the rest of 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 the group. Or if somebody just comes up with an idea, people are, are less likely to be critical of the idea. Mm. Sometimes that could have happened in that instance that somebody might have come up with an idea and because people were just in that space, they start then just following without even thinking critically.
1: And it goes back to that whole peer pressure uh, uh, situation.
6: Yes. Yeah, so it could be peer pressure. I mean, if you're not participating in what the people are doing, Mm. then you might also be looked at somebody who's different or you end up being the target yourself.
1: Mm. And uh, just a question to you, Orapele. I mean, of course, we cannot ignore the various social issues that plague young people. And, I mean, of course, these issues have a direct effect on how young people behave. As a social worker, what are some of the main issues that young people face that could have a direct link to them sort of pursuing Criminal lifestyle or criminal-like behavior.
4: Okay, okay. First of all, we can explore the family system where the child has been growing up in. How he he or she has been growing up, and again the environment, the, the 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 area where the the young person lives, as well as um, the friends that he knows. These things they, they 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 somehow have impact of of of, of um or uh, may, may, may influence the child in the, in, in such a manner that it's not
1: appropriate. Oh, Rappella, could, could we ask you please to to just speak up a little bit? Uh, you are touching on very interesting points, and we just want to make sure it's very clear.
4: Okay, uh, I'm, I'm I'm saying we, we usually the the family system where the child is being born and, and, and grown in and also the environment where the child like let's say um around area where the child lives whether he, he, he or she make, uh, make friends with the friends that are not good and stuff like that. So that, that thing the child tends to model the way the way those people are um are, 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 are doing things and end up doing it. the the interns. Yes, it, it, it,
1: it, it's a good thing or the right thing to do. Hmm. Let's 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 talk about the influence of media at large. I mean, let it be social media, the internet, video games. Has violence somewhat become a norm in the psychology of young people? Uh, tabang.
6: Uh, yes, one could argue. One could make a case that uh, we live in a very violent society. One just simply has to look at the kind of series you watch. I mean, if something is popular, it has to do with violence, the sports that is currently growing at a very fast pace, things like mixed martial arts. Um, We live in a, we we almost, the things that we we spend our money on, the things that we promote have to do with some sort of violence. Uh, And then you see it across the the, the globe as well. It's not just a, a uniquely South African thing. People are being stabbed in the streets in London. People are being shot uh, at schools in in the U.S. Uh, People are being, uh, and some some countries are uh, at war currently. So that is happening. And then social media then just helps to perpetuate those ideas, to make them look uh, almost sexy or available that people can now participate in those actions. So we live in a very violent society. Just South Africa itself, and it's history and the rest of the world. And it's easy to access such, even the games uh, are, are violent, the, the games that kids play, the things that they watch. So we, it's, it's a very pervasive thing that mm. it is in our context.
1: And, and you know, how important are psychological assessments for young people who commit crime? Um, you please repeat that? How important are psychological? How important are psychological assessments for young people who commit crimes?
6: Uh, I, I just didn't get that word again.
1: Um, how important are psychological assessments for young people? Assessment. Yes, that's correct.
6: Assessment is a word, yes.
1: Um, well, it's, it's
6: it's very important. I think, so, I mean, assessments are one thing that one can do to find out how people are coping. They, should, they, they usually give you uh, an answer. We usually do assessments to confirm something. So there would be something that we are suspecting And then we come up with an assessment to confirm that because it is an objective measure. Um, But it's very important to look at, uh, as my colleague had mentioned, the context that people are, the environments that people are growing up in, the substances that people are addicted to, the games that people are engaging in, the language that people are uh, uh, interacting with, the media that people are being exposed to. Mm. So when you look at all those, Uh, then it it tells us the environment is not so good and and, and there's something about parenting. I think if we parent well, um, then uh, the the assessments can come later, but it would be very important to take care of the things that we can take care of.
1: Well, Rapella I want to pose this question to you as a social worker. What is the process, you know, of sitting down with these young children who have, of course, been accused of various crimes? What is that process like for you and, of course, for them as well?
4: Okay. Um, In terms of assessment, you have to assess um, the family background of the child, where we get the genogram, the the family history where we we, we ask um, whom the child is staying with, the relationship with each other inside the the family, How how do they survive financially. Is the child going to school, which school what grade it is and stuff like that. Now from the information that the child is gives us, we then uh, try to to, to to sort of diagnose what could have been the problem in terms of um, families, in terms of, of the, the, the kind of and environment that the child was from. And then from there we, we, we get to to prescribe the relevant um, or the appropriate program that will fit the, the situation
1: of the child mm. so yes. And still this question towards you, I mean how, of course we are dealing with young children here and that's the reality but we are also dealing with young children who have committed something that of course requires consequences. How do we not let the Timane family down and of course how do we not let these minors down who are directly involved in this case?
4: Are you are you
1: how do we not let the the uh, Toriso's family down, and how do we not let the minors down as well, who are involved in the case?
4: Um, it is, it, 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 um, change is it, it, is an individual thing. It first has to start with the young person. Uh, we can't we can't, for instance, promise the family or the child that everything will be fine, but now. Remember, therapy is a process, something that cannot be done overnight. So what we can do, what we we do, we assure the the parents, for instance, that the child will be taken care of, the child will be, will be, will will participate in a certain program that will assist him or her in recovering whatever situation that that, that he, he or she encountered. And now we encourage the child also to participate with the program being prescribed.
1: And of course, just a final question to you both. When it comes to rehabilitation, who is more successful in regards to, you know, changing their lives? Is it successful for younger people or is this something that is probably a lot easier for adults, Tabang? Uh, the,
6: I just caught the first part. So your question was that well, when it comes to rehabilitation, who is more, who responds better to being rehabilitated? Absolutely. Then you, just, yes. then you said between who and who? Between young children or adults? Uh, well, it, it just depends. I mean, uh, young children are still impressionable that one can, one young children are still impressionable, so there is more that one can still shape them and point them in a certain direction. Uh, older people might be more fixed in their ways, but it's, rehabilitation can happen for everybody uh once uh, one is given tools to deal with frustration one is given a space to learn what they did is wrong and how they can best uh give back to the community give back to the society so one young children yes definitely because they're so um, amenable to suggestions but everybody um given the correct the right chance uh, they can, uh, get rehabbed
1: And, uh, Pele, your thoughts on that? Yes, I agree with my colleague uh, that everybody,
4: um, is eligible to, for change, you know. Uh, according to, the child justice, uh, of change, uh, like, let me say at the age of two thousand and five, that, uh, children are, are, are a bit fragile, eh? Remember, according to as well, child justice like, they regard they, they regard a child as somebody that is under 18 years and it's not over 21. So it means when you you subscribe or when you, when a child subscribe or when you pre- when you prescribe a program for a child, the child children are still eager to learn. They still mm. you want to to explore things and they like to play, they like to learn new things. So it's it's, it's much easier to get onto them. So it's it's, it's very enjoyable to, 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 to actually witness in, in,
1: a young person. in a young person, absolutely, gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us for this discussion. I think both of your, you know, field of work is very crucial uh, for young people, and we appreciate you having this conversation with us tonight on Law Focus.
0: Bringing you the facts, handing you your rights. This is Law Focus.
1: Justice Maguire spoke very briefly about criminal capacity. Now, criminal capacity relates to the age at which a child has the mental ability to distinguish between right and wrong and who can understand or appreciate the consequences of his or her actions. It is the age at which children have the capacity to commit crimes and to accept responsibility for their actions. Now, a child who at the time of the alleged offence is under the age of 10 cannot be prosecuted because of the child judgment. Justice Act, who has now raised the minimum age of criminal capacity to 10 years of age. However, the act does provide for interventions for children who commit criminal acts, but under the minimum age of criminal capacity. These are, of course, educational and non-punitive measures rather than criminal sanctions. So we wanted to find out from you what your stance is on criminal capacity and whether or not you think it is fair to say that if you are old enough to kill As a minor, then you are old enough to suffer the consequences of jail.
7: I say no because, like, they're still young and they can be taught to become better adults. So, like, give them a chance. They're still new news. I mean... I think they should. Um, for me personally, I think they should be prepared for life because they should know that for every action there is uh, or there are consequences. They should be uh, persecuted, yeah, because everyone has to be responsible for his actions. And, you know, such a punishment will be will be the result and i think the one would learn from his mistake i feel like it depends on what they did like if it's murder rape like violent crimes i feel like they should be prosecuted and also if it's okay then on the other hand if it's like they stole something depending what they stole depending where they stole and yeah stuff like that i feel like maybe they should just get a warning or something and also It shouldn't reach like a high limit you stole 19 times and they found it yeah now you you should
2: I think that uh, young offenders should be prosecuted when looked at the extent of their crime but however they should be prosecuted and the system should create a sex sub like a subsection for juveniles that is only them only to rehabilitate them, and by juveniles, I would say up to at least twenty three or twenty four and then the young people can actually try to be rehabilitated as children and treated as dead, and then we can try and help them as children and have a separate
5: space for them
1: I think that they should because you 've committed a crime, even though you 're young. I think you should go to juvenile every every criminal action should be there should be a punishment for it. it might not be as harsh as like other people's like big people jail like Fun City, but they need to go to juveniles. You can't just kill people. And also, they, they recorded it, they knew what they were doing was wrong. So, consequences must be met.
0: When you kill, you have to pay for, for for that. I mean, if you kill and then not be prosecuted, what does that mean? You're getting away with murder. What about the other person's family? I mean, you should be sent to juvenile and. Be shown to know you were wrong and what you did was wrong. There's
7: this thing, if you engage in certain habits, you might develop them. So if we're saying, What happens if you do it the next time? So over 18, you still have that mentality. Okay, I did it before and bang. So, what if what if the next time bang? They don't even catch me at all. I think an offense should be an offense. Maybe if change we change the the the, the age values, have a city from maybe 14 going down to 10 boss, because those those guys they can still change. But 18, nah, no. I feel like you can't say that just because of age. Now you can get away with certain things. What's wrong is wrong, you know. Because even when you're two years old and you do something wrong, your mom will slap you on your wrist and say, "No, this is wrong." So age doesn't mean that you should be able to get away with certain things.
5: I think it depends on the crime, I guess. And also, maybe the motivation behind the crime, I guess. I think um, under 18, right, and that includes some teenagers, a lot of them like, are able to make conscious decisions of what they do. They are aware of what they do, and they just play the age card, because it's supposed to get them out of trouble, but really they are aware of what they're doing, and they they are old enough to kind of understand exactly what it is they're doing. And in that case you used as an example, he there's a video where this child is walking around and he's actually proud that he, you know, he, one of the kids there was proud that they actually killed someone. So if people are showing those kind of, you know, Actions and they're still proud, whatever. Then devs, they have to deal with their actions. And rather, we teach children things when they're younger, and they learn that they must face the consequences of their actions, than to allow them to grow up and become murderers, serial killers, rapists. Because all of, I feel like all of these people who grow up to become these bad things showed the symptoms when they were young, and it wasn't dealt with.
7: In my opinion, I believe it should be a yes or a no. It should be in the. It should be um, based on the context of the whole of the entire story. Um, if the offender, let's say, committed the crime and he or she is fully aware of the of the crime they committed and of the severity of the crime, I believe they should be prosecuted like everyone in the country. Um, like like every minor should be prosecuted like any adult. Um, they should be tried in the court of law. I believe that those types of contexts should be the ones that should be kind of Um, be special cases for trying a minor a a minor um, um, sorry Uh, those are some of the contexts that I believe that a minor of that age should be tried in the court of law like everyone else versus let's say they were trying to protect themselves against someone who was trying to violate them or trying to protect themselves against someone who was trying to kill them for example I believe that investigations going into why did they do it
0: Law Fogers. 88.1. Point of Information.
1: The Child Justice Act applies to all criminal offences, but it divides them into three scheduled offences depending on the seriousness of the offence. So Schedule 1 contains the least serious offence, while Schedule 3 is the most serious of offences. And of course, we can consider the fact that the murder of Tori temane falls under Schedule 3. Schedule 1 includes a very different uh, prosecution process. Sometimes children are ordered to attend programmes to address their criminal conduct, And examples of these will include the child making an oral or a written apology, the child also being referred to counseling or therapy or doing some sort of community service or even paying compensation to the victim. But when we look at Schedule 3... And we look at Schedule 2. This is now in regards to sentencing. A child must be over the age of 14 to be sentenced and can only be sentenced to imprisonment if convicted of a Schedule 3 offence or a Schedule 2 offence where there are substantial and compelling reasons for imprisoning such a sentence. We spoke to Pilanim Simanga from Denhousa in KwaZulu Natal about his experience in a juvenile justice system. He sat and spoke down to our law-focused researcher, Sia Bangamota, and opened up to him about his life and society and coming back home after being through this rehabilitation.
0: I was only 14 years old when I was sent to Juvenile. We schemed with a friend of mine to go to his home and steal a gun. We took the gun to the river, that is where we used it to intimidate people who were passing by. My sentence was seven months but I only spent a month inside. During my sentence I joined a class where I obtained a certificate to be a motivational speaker against crime. I also learned how to behave as a child. Some of the young people that I met in juvenile were sentenced for rape, housebreaking car theft and murder as a child it was very painful to be away from my family but i did acknowledge my mistakes when i saw the prison walls and that this was not a place where a young person should be at i do not wish to go back because life is really bad in juvenile i never committed any crime before i was sent to prison but i was a very naughty child Becoming a member of a local church has helped me to become a better person and also to teach me how to respect other people. Today, my community has accepted me and gave me a second chance. It is a bad thing for a child to be present. A child should go to school and get education. My late parents did try to provide a better life for me, but I took that for granted. Today, I'm alone. The law does play its role, but a child should be guided and be taught about life. I did not spend a lot of time in juvenile, but that alone really affected me mentally. If children commit crime, they should be punished by being sent to juvenile, but that place is not a good place for children. My family took good care of me, and my uncle was very strict, but peer pressure contributed to me being a disobedient child. At the time, I did not realize that what I was doing was wrong. When I think about what I did, I feel really bad. I did try to take it off my mind, but it is really hard to do so. I would like to tell those who are doing drugs that drugs do not bring a bright future. And I would like to tell those who are committing crime that crime does not pay. I would also encourage children to stay away from crime and go to school, which is a place where children should be at. From now going onwards, I want to help my community and also build a poultry farm to create employment for young people in my community. Bringing you the facts. Handing you your rights. This is Law
1: Focus. As we reflect on tonight's discussion, we spoke to Justice Magai from Legal Aid South Africa who spoke to us about more clarity on how these violent crimes by minors have been handled and whether the calls for harsher punishments will be considered. We also spoke to Tabang Klaka and Bella Pala about the factors and the issues that face young people and in turn affect young people and leading them into a life of crime. We also sat down with Pilanim Simanga who was once in a juvenile justice system. He sat down with Siabonga just to tell him about his experience in that system. It is evident that once released from prison these children will be re-entering the same community with largely unchanged circumstances. So I guess it is up to us as a society to make sure that the rehabilitation that they go through does indeed work and of course it is fair to say that young children should face the consequences of their actions. From our producer Simba Honde, our technical producer Kukwana Serame, as well as our law focus researchers Sese Tuzingela, Siabongamota, Millicent Induweni, and myself, Veronica Mahwadi. Thank you so much for tuning into Law Focus tonight.
5: Law Focus, handing you your rights. Law Focus Podcast.